it wasn't easy back then, right? To tell my mom, like, I want to work and study simultaneously. And she's like, no, 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 you know, you, you have to do things like follow what the, what the whole of Singapore does, right? You have to follow. And I'm like, no, like, it doesn't make sense, you know? Hey everybody, welcome to the Live Your Legacy podcast. The goal of our show is to help you live your own legacy by connecting you to people and concepts that have made a tremendous impact on the lives of others. And we're all looking for that one degree shift in the podcast which will help you to change your trajectory in your life. My name is Darius and today's legacy guest is the founder of Affordable Luxury Lifestyle Magazine, Vanilla Luxury. In 2015, she founded Vanilla Luxury as a marketing agency for luxury brands. And two months later, they won a silver award at the 2015 Marketing Event Award Ceremony for a Valentine Vendetta event and was a finalist for the best use of retail marketing at the Luxury Lifestyle Shopping Awards that same year. At the age of 17, she was dead set on becoming a marketer and climbed her way up from a customer service role to building Vanilla Luxury, which has a readership of over 500,000 people. Introducing the life of a true entrepreneurial struggle, Gershaw Dylan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, great. Let's dive into the first question. Where did your passion for marketing and entrepreneurship begin, especially at the age of 17? Okay, to answer that, so the reason why I, how I got into all of it was that at 17, after I finished my N-levels, right, um, most people are partying, you know, and I was like, yeah, I've got nothing to do, so let me apply for a job. So I started working with a boutique spa that is of an international brand. And um, so obviously, you know, when you're 17 years old, you've got no experience, you obviously will be the front desk, right? Like the receptionist or like customer service. So I started there. Then slowly, I got very interested in skincare. I started doing consulting and, um, you know, with customers. And I realized that, you know, in order to sell or to recommend a product, right? It's like people are just driven by the marketing initiatives behind it. Like, oh, if I buy like $500, a girl, what free gift? Uh? You know, so then I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, people care. So then I started getting um, a lot more involved. And my manager, my marketing manager, who was, um, who's the founder's wife, um, was XPNG and she was like, you know, um, she was very cool and very chilled out and she's like, yeah, you know, like give me your ideas, very open about it. So I started having real hands-on, um, you know, experience at 17, 18, 19 and I worked there till I was 20, oh, yeah, about 21. And while I was working, I wasn't sure what I was going to study, but I knew like I got into engineering, right? And I was like, no way in hell over my dead body, okay? I cannot do engineering. I knew what I couldn't do, okay? So I need to find like a backup plan, right? Because my mom, I tell you, my mom didn't speak to me for a very long time because of this, you know, this decision. So I then decided that, okay, you know, uh, it's going to be marketing. But then I didn't know for my double major, should I do marketing, advertising? Should I do PR, advertising? What combination to take? And she was like, you know, um, gee, you've got like, you know, uh, PR is something that you're natural at and you don't need to learn that. Um, because it's just writing. But in terms of advertising, it's a lot of graphic design, skill, eye flow. And that is something that you need to learn, you know, in the university. So that's how I chose to do a double major in marketing and advertising. Okay. And where did this whole devotion came in? Like, where did this love for marketing really come in? Like, okay, you talk about how, you know, you, you went through that journey, but what made you go like, I really love what I'm doing and this is something that I'm going to do on for the rest of my life. 
Okay, so while I was working, I was also studying. So I was doing my diploma as well. And I realized, like, look, okay, I'm going to be very honest. I suck at accounting. My sister thought I was an absolute moron. Okay, I'm not sure coding at all. I don't like economics. I really don't like math and science. But then I realized that, you know, I really love marketing. I love branding. I like the campaigns we were doing were, you know, obviously case studies because our lecturer back then was um, working in some for a, a big, um, you know, agency. And he was giving us his real life campaign and I was putting, you know, full advertising campaigns together and I had so much fun. I loved the research, like from start to finish, I just loved it. And I was like, you know, this is something I'm really good at as well. And I was getting like really high distinctions and my classmates were not too happy about it. But, you know, I'm like, look, okay, this is one thing I'm good at. Everything else you win, like this is the only thing I know and I'm confident at. So, yeah. So do you think like that's really like your zone of genius? And would you say like it's quite fortunate that you found like your zone of genius quite early on compared to maybe people who have found it in their 20s or even 30s? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, and when you look at things, right, and you realize that, you know, life is actually a journey and like you are put in situations like it wasn't easy back then, right, to tell my mom, like, I don't want to do, I don't want to go to poly, you know, I want to work and study simultaneously. And she's like, oh my God, what will people say? Like, you know, huh? everyone go GC or poly, you know, you cannot like, you cannot do something different because like, I think that was like, what, 18 years ago, like, some, I don't know, like a long time back. So then she was like, no, 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 you know, you, you have to do things like follow what the what the whole of Singapore does, right? You have to follow. And I'm like, no, like it doesn't make sense, you know? But it was so hard, you know, to to like try to justify because they're like, you're a child. You don't even know what you're doing, you know? Until today, she's like, you're still a child. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's quite, it's quite, um, yeah. But I guess once you know, you kind of know. And the thing is that I... I was very certain because I know what I was good at and I know what I was horrible at. So I guess like that self-belief also helps. Um, yeah. And I think at a very young stage, I was a bit more mature. For, um, yeah. For my age, I think at 17, 18, I, you know, was working full time. I was studying as well. So I guess that did help a lot. And thank God, you know, I'm not a guy. I don't have to do NS. <laughs> true, true. And for those that, uh, and most of our viewers are actually from like outside of Singapore. So, NS is like okay. a national service, basically where guys have to go for the military service and they spend two years over there while girls can go on to university and study. So that's like that two-year gap that she's uh, mentioning about. So regarding on Vanilla Luxury and really starting up that whole company, um, do explain to us what Vanilla Luxury is as well. But what were the biggest challenges that you really faced when you were starting up this whole company? Okay, so um, I started Vanilla Luxury. Uh, it started off as a marketing agency because my um, business partner basically was doing, you know, marketing PR, and like he had a full service agency running. But um, his uh, target audience, I would say, started getting more younger. But he had a lot of luxury brands as clients that you know he could still um, work with. But then uh, luxury wasn't his niche, and. Um, when I was in corporate world, um, we used to work together and I was his client. So then um, it was just coincidentally, like, you know, I had nothing to do. I'm like, anyone wants marketing, you know, because I was sitting there doing nothing, waiting for my trip to the States, right? So I was like, might as well just do something instead of wasting time. So you can see, I, I always need to keep myself busy because I don't like doing nothing. And um, so we met over coffee and he's like, you know, I want to launch a, a, a luxury lifestyle marketing agency. So then I was like, honestly, I was like, 
wine vanilla actually you know like the name i was like why are you trying to be like you know like what's with the name right but then i was like look you know if you're a marketer if you're a brand builder whatever that's thrown to you you can make it work right so that was like a challenge to myself so we started off um you know with events um we did a lot of events actually a lot of events um just to get the name out there so aggressive marketing uh we never said no to any work you know i would i still remember like we would do nightlife we would do restaurants we would do launches and i would burn i don't know like 16 18 hours a day weekends i'll be working because we were running nightclubs as well in order to just get you know uh generate as much income as possible to get the business off and um so when we started the agency very quickly i had a lot of clients who were very good friends of mine you know and they were all female startups and i'm very passionate when it comes to female oriented businesses because i I think somewhere in me, there's like a, a very alpha feminist sort of a, you know, I'm always pro women, sorry, but it's the truth. And um, I realized like, shit, you know, like these people can't afford a $3,000, uh, you know, uh, advertising campaign or they can't afford PR. And I was like, what is the solution? And I was like, you know, and when you do PR releases, right, if it's, you know, the big boys control it, right? And it's up to one person's decision whether, I mean, you can have the best product in the world, but if the editor's not going to feature you, you're not going to get a shot. So I was like, you know, like, screw this. I was like, you know what? I'll just start my own magazine. I will write about products that I really believe in. I'll write about all these amazing friends that I have that, you know, they can't shell out a big money, but like $150 was something they could afford, like 100 bucks, 150. I was like, you know, at that time when I was still starting because my agency was actually funding the magazine. So, you know, the uh, I literally bootstrapped the entire thing. And I realized like, hey, you know, um, this is a platform. It's got legs, it's got potential. I mean, to be honest, when I first started the magazine, it was already connected to um, a shopping cart, you know, which a lot of people are now doing, right? But I did that initially thinking that, hey, you know, like people will read about it, they'll be convinced and they'll buy it because the consumer um, purchase cycle is like awareness, you know, reminders and then action. And then I realized like, oh no, it doesn't work like that. And it was costing me a lot more money and it was just not hitting the ROIs that I needed. And I was like, no, 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 no. Let's take a step back. Let's just churn content. Let's build SEO. And that time, you know, SEO was a new thing. I self-learned SEO myself. And I was like, okay, you know, like there are all these different areas, right? Because when I was in university studying marketing, there was no digital marketing course. It was PR and advertising, ATL, BTL, you know? So I learned and I learned how to do Facebook ads, Instagram ads, SEO, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, I realized that churning content aggressively will help these brands. So then we started, um, you know, we switched the business model and we kept pivoting. And now I think we're, we're at a very golden spot where, you know, whatever we write, it's like, you know, it trends on Google. You know, most of the times we don't have to boost the story. Sometimes we need to boost the story just to give it, you know, uh, when it's very competitive topics. But I just, you know, to answer your question, uh, like there's no one challenge. It's just challenges and challenges and challenges. Like right now, Circuit Breaker was the biggest challenge. COVID-19 was my latest challenge for this year. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, I would love to go into the marketing point, but this is not the whole part of the whole podcast. So let's continue on with what kept you going through um, throughout this whole like different challenges that you faced? 
I guess um, in all fairness, I had really, I was very lucky to have very good clients. My clients were honestly very supportive, but they were like, honestly, we had a relationship like friends. Um, I had a very good uh, team of like, you know, colleagues to work with, uh, business partners to work with. And, you know, it's like, you always have moments where you're like, you have self-doubt, right? Like all of us go through that. Or like before a big event, like I think the first F1 event I did, uh, we had like some 5,000 people and the anxiety. So that's when I started getting anxiety attacks and panic attacks before my event. And, you know, you, you don't register and you need someone to be like, hey, you know, let me help you with this. You got this, you know, why don't you do this and I'll do that part. So it's really teamwork. And then the great thing is that, you know, our readers, are, most of them are now friends, you know, our like people that attended most of my events. I do have very good relationships with all my fans, followers, as well as, you know, um, random people that, you know, are clients, but now turn into good friends. Because you went through like so many different challenges and you say that there wasn't just one point of challenge. Were there like doubts in your mind going on like, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't start out a magazine because like people maybe don't read magazines nowadays or yeah, did these doubts ever come out and how do you really deal with it? Of course. So when we first started out as a magazine, obviously we, you know, you've got the kings, right? The SPH, the media cops, which are like, you know, obviously everyone in Singapore knows them, right? So they're like there. Then you've got a lot of magazines that are, you know, like digital publications that have been there a hit on us in all fairness, you know, started five years ago, 10 years ago, much earlier. And then I realized that, hey, you know, I don't want to be the tattler of Singapore because that's very atas. And it's like, you know, I'm really young versus like all these people who are so much more experienced. I was like, let's not go, you know, Know, and like um, fight in that corner and then I realized that I didn't want to be like the mass blocks because it's like it's also very hawker center and it's like you know there was just no niche and then I like with a lot of research uh, with a lot of like you know trial and errors I realized that there is a really good um, affordable luxury market which is someone that has you know when you go out to a club right you buy a bottle you go to a restaurant like a good you know um, money to spend and I realized that there is a lot of products that also uh, caters to this target uh, market. So I found the middle segment that had an overlap of both sides. And I just focused on it. I mean, selling a magazine when you're brand new is the toughest thing to ever do, okay? Like I hired a lot of uh, people. And then unfortunately, you know, they struggle with it because I believe like, and my sense is if you don't believe in something you're selling like 100%, you'll never be able to sell it. And in the end, I realized like, hey, Again, I'm the one selling, I'm the one, you know, doing all the talking, I'm the one explaining how it works because most of the clients that need your service don't understand digital marketing. It's foreign to them. Then if you've got uh, salespeople that don't believe in what you do or are unsure or have doubts, you know, or um, that's not their area of expertise, then they will never be able to, you know, um, make a sale. So, you know, initially I was like, oh my God, you know, is this really not going to work? Because so many people and these people are talented, right? Like, why can't they do it? But then I'm like, at the same time, they can't do it, but I'm selling. So like, something is not right. So I think, um, yeah, just that self-belief and knowing what you're doing is right. And like just teaching or helping people understand what they should be doing. Um, it was a lot of work, okay? It was not easy at all. But I think um, getting through that, phase yeah of course I've had self-doubt of course I was like oh my god what am I doing you know like seriously is this worth it like you have all of that but then at the end of the day you really need a team you need friends you need family who'll be like you know just keep doing what you're doing it takes time you will get there now you talk about like long hours and long days and long nights and things that um, pretty much people won't do but you will do right can you walk us through some of the things that 
um, most people see like the glamour and glitz, right? But um, what is it that others don't really see a lot about which takes you many, many hours to do? So let's say, for example, when I, uh, let's say, okay, if we talk about the agency, when we do an event, the anxiety, the stress, you know, making sure, you know, Singaporeans are very last minute, by the way, okay? So when you plan an event for like thousands of people, and then you're like, why is no one booking? Why is no one confirming? Like you're just messaging people, you're meeting people, you're like, hey, are you coming or not? Like what's going on? You know, it's constant and it worries you. And for me, I'm, I need to finish my work before I can sleep. If my work is not done, I will not have a good night's sleep. So it's like, you know, I will wake up with panic attacks. I will wake up with anxiety. Like before an event, I'm very anxious. Okay, like half the time, my very good friends who know when they see me, they're like, have a shot, you know, like you need a drink. But the thing is, because you're like, oh my God, like is this person here? Like you've got, you just want to do your best and you want everyone to be happy because if your guests are happy, then I'm happy, you know, and I'm that kind of person that I'm like, I'm a people's pleaser when, especially when it's my clients or my customers and um, like running the magazine as well. Like, you know, we don't just, Hey, we just, you know, figure out like just write and like just publish and everything. We plan, we do research, we think about it. We brainstorm, we look at what other people are doing. We ensure that we write something first before someone else copies us, you know, and like, it's, it's a lot of work that you're constantly doing. Like if I'm on my phone, I'm looking at who's buying ads, what's trending, you know, what's going on. It's not like I'm scrolling mindlessly. So you're just, whether you're, you know it or not, subconsciously, you're just constantly working. Now, what do you think was really the build up? First, because it was pretty, when you were pretty young, right? When you start up and then you had this whole search and you started getting a lot of results. What do you think was like, what do you think attributed really to that whole build-up and the results that you got subsequently? I guess um, because I was running two companies at the same time, right? Like um, I was working really hard in my agency and then that obviously allowed me to have the magazine, which was a passion project that I started to help, you know, women entrepreneurs. And um, just by running it, I guess the thing is once you... I think it's also self-belief, right? It's like, for me, if I do something, I do it right. If I start something, I will finish it. I'm not the kind that like, oh, let's do this. And then like, oh, after like a week later, oh, I don't want to do this. Let me go and bake a cake or like be a baker, you know? So for me, it's always about consistency. And it's like, you start something, you have to finish it properly. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, um, because I had a, another business that was funding my passion project, I never had to worry about the money, you know? And I could, you know, build on it, work on it. But then I had to take on more work. And because I was single at the time, you know, I had no commitments. I mean, honestly, like when you're single, you're young, you have a lot of energy. I mean, instead of partying, you might as well make money while you're partying, right? So that was my my concept. And I really enjoyed, you know, like I enjoyed my work so much that I would never complain if I have to be in a club till like 4 or 5 a.m., you know, because I'm like, I'm having fun. So yeah, I guess it's a lot of things that, you know, uh, as you reflect upon it, a lot of things worked really well and we had like very good cash cows when we started. So, you know, it gave me the time, it gave me the resources to build the magazine. Now, if you had to start all over again, what would you actually change? Oh, okay. Um, you can't really change much, but I would try to do um, things. I wouldn't try to rush into things, I, I would say. I would pick and choose the projects that I take on a bit, I would say a bit better, um, choose who I work with and partner with and collaborate with. And um, obviously, you know, um, have a lot of legal documents in place, you know, because that it's sometimes, you know, when you say something, you know, and then, you know, 
uh, after a year, two years, you don't remember. So I think black and white, make everything legal, you know, document everything you do, um, you know, make sure you're filing everything correctly. Um, these are, I, I would say, I wished I spent more time doing this paperwork per se, instead of trying to, you know, hit a KPI, you know, uh, hit my goals, you know, um, or just like, you know, run a successful event. I think the paperwork part, um, just making sure that, you know, you cover all your bases. I think that would have been something I would have, you know, wished I spent more time on. Okay. And so what is one advice that really changed um, your whole journey throughout this, um, throughout Vanilla Luxury? Um, okay, I got a lot of advices, but I think one that stuck out the most is from our mutual friend, Andrew. So Andrew Bryan, who's, yep. you know, all about self-leadership. So he told me one thing, um, he told me a lot of things actually, but one thing that stuck with me was that never undersell yourself. Like, you know what you can do, you know what you're capable. Because the thing with Singaporeans is when they're friends, right? And, um, you know, when you're, it, sometimes the relationships get blurry and, you know, they would expect discount. Uh, you know, or they were like, oh, can you give me cheaper? Oh, you're brown, I'm brown, give me a discount, bro. You know, like, oh my God, like, how huh, so expensive? So I think like just maintaining my price um, is something that I should really, um, yeah, focus on. So not underselling yourself. Okay, that's a really yeah. great advice, by the way, because most people, when it comes to friends, they always think like, I can get a bonus, I can get a discount, right? And it's all about standing firm on your point of view as well. So, what do you think are like the three biggest takeaways you can really say from your business and life as a whole as well? Um, okay, so I think let's start with business. I think the first thing to summarize is black and white everything that you have. Make all contracts legal. Make sure you're legally pro uh, protected. Um, you know, as much as it's friends, you know, it's your really good friend for 10 years, your uncle, your auntie, whatever. If you have a business agreement with someone, black and white it to protect yourself and the other party. Um, in terms of the life, I would say do whatever that makes you happy. I know we all have bills to pay. Trust me. You know, uh, this, um, this year has been horrible. Um, the worst actually for most people. And I would still say, you know, you can do what makes money, but on the side, make sure you spend time, you know, whether it's um, having a cup of your favorite coffee or having your chocolate or going to a spa or, you know, meeting your friends, whatever that makes you happy and gives you that peace of mind, um, do it. And in terms of life and business together, don't pass up any opportunity that's given to you because I think it's very important. Like, for example, you reached out to me and I'm like, yeah, sure, you know, let's do it. And the thing is, I think every opportunity that you get, you should just seize it because now when I look back, right, can you imagine like, you know, last year I traveled, like I was doing like two trips a month and now I'm like, damn, I've not even traveled and it's been six months. This is the longest I've stayed in Singapore. So I would say, always say yes to an opportunity because you never know, you know, when it's going to be taken away from you. Okay, great. That's really great. I can really see like in terms of your whole journey throughout uh, Vanilla Luxury as well, you're more of really like the go-getter, right? You see an opportunity, I'm just going to go for it. You just shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. You just shoot your shots, right? And I think that, that's a really great thing that I think most entrepreneurs don't really see this. A lot of times people start off, then they immediately become picky of like um, what they want to do and who they want to work with. And then they set the bar really, really high and then they themselves can't even meet the expectation. So I think it's really great that you went in with the mindset of, you know, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to get whatever opportunities I can and if I got opportunity, I'm going to seize it. So you actually mentioned about how you had 
the agency business, which actually kept your whole magazine business alive as well, right? Now, would you say that if you didn't have your agency business, you wouldn't have been able to do something that, I mean, both are things that you really enjoy, right? But I'm not sure whether you enjoy the magazine more or the agency more, right? Or would you say that because, because of this agency, that's why you're able to pursue something on a greater level and something that you really love. So to all those people out there, right, should they go for something that makes them money or should they go for something that, you know, they really love? Because, I mean, the good thing for you is both of the things you kind of like it. I'm not sure which one you love it, love more. But for other people, right, I think handling two business itself is already quite crazy. One, one is enough already. So two is a bit crazy. So what would you say to people starting up? Okay, I feel, right, it's time management, okay? It's what you need to be really honest with yourself. So let's say, for example, you say, I've only got eight hours a day because some people have kids, right? And the thing is, it's <clears throat> bills are very important, okay? I would say money first, you know, because if you don't have money, you have nothing, okay? Like, so the thing is, uh, obviously, uh, if you have a day job, stick with it. Do whatever you need to. But your passion project is something you can slowly build along. No one says you need to finish it in one month. No one says you need to start in six months. It can be one year. It can be two years. But start. Every day, If even if it's 30 minutes, right? You like Okay, for example, I know a really favorite baker of mine, Jane, right? She makes this beautiful cakes called uh, Roll Midnight, which is like, you know, um, very like avocado, healthy, blah, blah, blah. So she's got kids. She's starting a new business. You know? She's like a one-man show making all of it happen. And what's really impressive is, right, it's really time management. Because I look at all these different people, right? Like, I mean, trust me, I've got friends. I mean, people that I love, very good friends of mine who do nothing all day, okay? There's nothing wrong in that. That makes them happy, right? So whatever I say, it's, it's look, okay? If you want to do nothing and that makes you happy, it's your call, your life, right? But the thing is, for people who want to start something, figure out how you can work it with it, right? And set a realistic deadline. But make sure, if you want to do something, do it. Don't give excuses. Don't procrastinate. Like, if you are certain example, okay? Like, uh, you want to launch your blog, okay? Like, my girlfriend called me the other day and she's like, I want to start a blog for moms. Uh, so I said, okay, perfect. You're on maternity right now. You've got two kids. One more is coming out, right? So even if it's writing one blog a day or one blog a week or one blog a month, start. Because, you know, when, when you have more time, like some weeks you can write three blocks, right? Some weeks you cannot write at all. But start a content, you know, just start. And once you start doing it, you'll get better at it. You get the practice out of it. Then while doing it, you'll realize whether this is something that you want to really pursue, you know, at a later stage or it's something you just want to keep as a passion. So it's time management. It's start and not procrastinate. You mentioned about how... That there will be days where you have to drag yourself out of the bed and maybe you procrastinate as well. But I'm quite sure that, I mean, you yourself throughout the whole journey, there are days that you really, really don't want to do the work. But of course, what pushes you on to continue to say, you know, I'll do work? Because sometimes like passion can really get you, um, get you started and running, but to control and to maintain and not burn out, how, how did you actually go through that whole struggle? Trust me, there are days I burnt out, man. There are days where I'm like, screw this, you know, I need I need my phone away. I cannot, because like, you know, WhatsApp gives me major anxiety, right? Even now, on weekends, I mute my notification, okay? If you're my best friend, you will call me, right? Anyone else, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I just need my, my, I need my sanity, okay? It's important. Mental health is so important. So the thing is, um, it's really important to, 
uh, set time for yourself. Like I never used to do that, you know? And um, the good thing is, thank God, you know, where I can't do it, I tell my business partner, I say, you know what, I'm done. Like I need a break. Like I died, you know? I would just say, I'm dead. Uh, don't talk to me. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Like I just need that one day to recuperate because there are days where you're so exhausted. And for me being a woman, right? Like I get really bad, you know, cramps and I just can't get out of bed. And it's some, it's a real problem that a lot of women deal with. And it's something that I've struggled since I was 13 years old where I get sick every single month. So the thing is, you know, it's like you need to know like, okay, if you're going to get sick, take the time out, get, you know, rest, recover. Because it's like everyone is a battery at the end of the day, right? We all need to be recharged. So, you know, take the break if it's needed, but then, you know, continue, go back to what you left off and get back on it. And, and I think, um, do you, yeah, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt, but what do you yeah. think is like your best way of recharging and replenishing your energy? I mean, cause you seem like you're a person with really high energy as well. So, um, sometimes introverts can't, re- I'm not sure if you're introvert or extrovert, <laughs> but sometimes introvert will be like, oh man, I, I, I can't, I can't have that kind of energy or keep going and keep going over and over again. But how do you actually replenish that energy that you have? You really want the truth? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I lay in bed and I watch Netflix all day. Done. <laughs> I don't do anything. I don't cook. I order in or my husband cooks, whatever. But I'm not going to get out of bed. I'm going to stay in bed and I will be in bed. And I think I did that last Sunday because I was just just exhausted, right? And I was like, today I am not going to get out of bed. And I just watch all the movies, you know, and yeah, just be happy. Just do your downtime. Everyone needs it. No, that's a very honest answer because I think a lot of people got different way of replenishing. So I just wanted to ask how did you how do yeah, you how do you, you yourself replenish your energy? Mine's very normal and very easy to do. Okay, great. <laughs> um so before I ask my last two questions, uh where can others learn more from you or learn more about you? Well, I'm pretty much on every social media platform. So if you just Google my name, Gershil Dillon, you should be able to find me. Um, Instagram is where I'm most active, but I'm also on LinkedIn um, and yeah, Facebook. Okay, great. Um, What do you think is the meaning of live your legacy to you? Okay, when you, you know, when I read this question, right, I was like, I'm 32, man, what legacy, you know, I'm still so young, but, uh, but I feel legacy is, um, it can mean a lot of different things, it can be interpreted in many different ways, so for me, is about achieving, so I've always been an achiever, where at 17, I had my first job, you know, at um, 21, I wanted to finish university by 21, I did that, you know, uh, 25, I jumped into the world of uh, entrepreneurship, so the thing is, I feel that, you know, set goals and achieve it. Um, that's how you kind of make your year worth it, right? Although this year, I mean, it's, it's really a shit show for everyone. But, you know, we still have half the year left. So whatever you want to accomplish in that later half of the year, you know, put that down in writing. Be accountable to yourself and, you know, just achieve that. So I feel like um, because I'm only 32, I've got... I think I hope like another half of my life to live. So, um, <laughs> so I or maybe would three still want to, uh, nah, it's okay. I think I'll be quite done with the world by then. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so then just keep achieving. And I don't know where, you know, what, what, ha- what is in store for me in the future. I really don't. So I'll just go with the flow. And, um, yeah, so I think that's going to be the biggest, um, in terms of legacy. Yeah. I'll just keep going, keep achieving. And then, who knows, you know, I'll talk to you in 10 years later and I'll be like, yeah, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> no, very interesting perspective. Actually, first time on the show that someone would say like, 
you know, I'm going to go with the flow because most of the guests that we come here always like have a plan, have a goal and they really like, they know where they're going to be 10 years, 20 years and they want to, what kind of legacy they want to live, which is very interesting perspective because um, of how you went through this whole journey of really just seizing every opportunity. I think that's a real testament of like you knowing that you're going to grab whatever opportunity. So you, what you like what you say, right? The words that you say, go with the flow. So even maybe 10 years from now, you won't even know what opportunity you're going to grab. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which, I think exactly. Is, which I think is a very great trait for every entrepreneur, which I think most people uh, discount the fact of like being choosy with the opportunities, back to the whole problem of being choosy with the opportunity rather than grabbing everything uh, that they can find or they can know. So thanks for really being on the podcast, Yoshio. If you enjoyed this podcast with people listening, do make sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review of what your biggest takeaways are. Today's podcast episode is very, very different because we got like a struggle of an entrepreneur here to really share and shed light on what really what it is really like to start up your own startup. So until the next episode, start living your legacy, my friends. Thank you.